Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, game one of the new wildcard format, Cardinals-Mets. Oh my goodness, we gotta talk about it. Hello and welcome to Talkin' Baseball, presented to you by SeatGeek. Use code TALKIN' today. Get 20% off your first time using SeatGeek. $20 off, excuse me. Trevor Ploof, we got to get into it right away, man, because it is... I mean, I'll go corny at first, kind of like a historic day for baseball, the first day of a new playoff format and what that feels like, and the energy from noon to midnight today. How are you doing, Big Daddy? Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the Mm. mouth. I think Mike Tyson said it. So sure, hey, you want to save DeGrom for game one of the NLDS? Hmm. Probably not going to do that anymore. What a day of baseball. It started at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I was sitting in front of my TV. I don't do that. I'm an active guy, Jake. Yeah. I watched it all. It was a beautiful sight. The first game, Mm. we're going to get into it, but boy, oh, boy, that thing was moving. It looked like Jake going first to third on a grounder to right field, right in front of Bryce Harper's face. Getting that bag. Uh, right foot, bam. Trev, we are a cron pod, so we will stay a cron pod. The Tampa Bay Rays and the Cleveland Guardians, some said the least exciting series of these wild card games. I say no. We got two Shanes on the bump. Bieber versus McClanahan, two studs. The Rays draw first blood in the sixth inning series. You remember him from Houston. He came over, a little Rays devil magic. He hits a solo homer. Top six, is that going to be enough? Bottom six, the bad man. Jose Ramirez takes an outside changeup. Oppo Taco clears it. It's two to one. It would stay that way. They go Bieber to Class A. McClanahan got it to the meat cleavenger. Guardians take game one, two to one. Trevor, the first game of this playoffs, the office was running hot. I know Magnum Condom Studios is always running hot. What did you see in this game? What was the difference? It was a pitcher's duel, man. This thing was moving. It was like the sixth or the fifth inning. I was like, this is, it's gone an hour, hour and 15. What, what's going to happen right now? And then we saw Siri. He was rocking the chains just like you're rocking. He had so many chains on. It was like he just opened the bag and put them all on or something. I don't know what was going on, but a great swing there. Feeling good. Tampa's like, this is all we need to do. We got our ace on the on the mound, and we'll run it to our bullpen, finish it off. But the problem is, the problem is, Jose Ramirez is a bad, bad man. And you know what? The ball goes to right center a little bit there, but to be both those guys hit it that way, to be able to go that way like that, you got to juice it a little bit. You got to juice it, and he did it. And um, you know, we had a little scare. I think uh, I was I was texting C. Rosie when it happened, and Rosario 
they were kind of challenging. Did he did he miss the base, go back and not touch the base again? End up that he did touch the base. Thank goodness I was going live right there. Blake Snell was on my live mm. telling me that Rosario touched the base. That's all I needed to hear. Ted Barrett came on and said he did. Two to one, Guardians. And this is how, I mean, if you're going to write the script, if you're Terry Francona, for game one to go, this is exactly how it goes. Shane Bieber, two, Classe. And they had Karen Shack and Classe warming up there. Uh, I believe it was in the eighth inning. But um, and I was like, okay, who's he gonna go to? And then my mom was like, You got class A, you're going to class A, and he did it. And that's it. And that is it couldn't have worked out any better for the yeah. Guardians. They saved the rest of the bullpen. Bieber put that start up. I mean, Clanahan was great too, but this is the kind of series we're kind of expecting. These offenses aren't going to crush the ball. They're not going to put up, you know, six, seven runs in these games. It's going to be low-scoring games because the pitching is there. The offenses are what they are. Timely hitting, man, and that's what the Guardians got today. Yeah, the over-under for tomorrow, for those that are interested in that kind of thing, is five and a half, which is <laughs> tragically low for a baseball game. Um, and you saw why for different reasons today. Hey, Five and a half? Yeah. McClan and Beaver can obviously both pitch with anyone in the league. Uh, these lineups, especially the race, uh, it's one game. You don't want to jump to conclusions too much in one game in any baseball world or league or anything. But, man, that lineup felt thin today. Uh, I mean, they finish with three hits. One of them is uh, a pinch hit from Paredes. Uh, otherwise, top of the lineup, 0 for 12, Yandy, Wander, and Randy. If those guys ain't doing it for them, you know, it makes the spotlight a lot bigger on a Christian Betancourt or a Taylor Walls um, or Siri, who, you know, he gets the one home run today. I've always loved him. He's an electric factory. If he puts the ball in play, he's an elite baseball player. Uh, that's part of the problem, unfortunately. Um, and, yeah, like like you said, on that replay, watching the bench react, watching the whole vibe of that stadium was an awesome kickoff mm -hmm. to this playoff, new playoff format and playoff weekend, wild card weekend. Um, and, yeah, I mean, for the Guardians, I guess I guess the story's a little different. I mean, Jose Ramirez was Jose Ramirez, right? Uh, two for four with the home run. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, uh, who had a just an awesome, consistent year for the Guardians this year. He gets two. Josh Naylor gets a hit. Jimenez got a hit. Miles Straw. So, like, you know, they finished with eight hits on the day. Tampa only had three. Um, and you mentioned Class A at the end and them going to him. Bieber throws 99 pitches. They go to Class A. Class A in 1.1 innings throws 11 pitches. And circle that when we get to the St. Louis game later because, like you mentioned, this is how Tito would have drawn it up if he could, and it worked out and awesome. Um, and Class A, coming in, being able to throw strikes like that at the major league level, and guys can't hit you. Um, not many dudes are like that. So um, what, what else, Trev? What, what else from this game? Look, we said the Rays lineup – you got to have the guys be the guys. Kevin Cash said Randy's got to be Randy. His his postseason stats are incredible, okay? But if we're looking at the lineup right now, Yandy Diaz 0 for 4. Wander Franco 0 for 4. Randy Rosarena 0 for 4. 
and those guys struck out six times between them in those 12 at bats. So it's just, it's it wasn't a good day for the Rays offense. And you have to give credit to Bieber. I mean, he was Bieber has stuff, but he also has command. And when he has both of them working for you, you have to tip your cat, bro. He was just picking apart that lower quadrant on the outside corner to right-handed hitters with his fastball. He could dot that thing up whenever he needed to. So you have to respect that, okay? So that when you're a hitter that does a few things to you, you start to push your zone over that way. Okay, he's working that outside part of the plate. Now I got to set my sights there a little bit. The problem is that he can tunnel his off-speed pitches with that fastball so well that now that you're guarding for that for that fastball down in a way, you know, the slider comes there and it starts down in the way and you're trying to protect, but that thing ends up off the plate and he just started expanding it and expanding it and there wasn't an adjustment made by the Rays hitters. There's a few breaking ball pitches that were in the zone. I think Randy got one he swung through. Um, but for the most part, dude, I mean, Bieber was prime Bieber, dude, doing whatever he wanted with the ball. And he had a plan and him and Hedges executed it masterfully masterfully dude and then yeah i thought it was funny because you have shane bieber doing his thing and you have the number nine hitter siri up there and he had two good swings off him man his first at bat hits a long fly ball to the track then he pumps him and this is the guy you take bieber out for to bring your closer in because you're you don't want the nine hitter to face your your guy a third time through but that's just how it kind of works out sometimes he was he was seeing the ball well he had a couple good swings off him and francona's like i ain't waiting around to see this shit let me bring in my dude that throws 100 with a freaking 94 mile an hour slider let me do that in the playoffs uh it changes instantly whether it's josh bell uh later he went from struggling immensely in his San Diego days that he homers in his first at bat. And it's like, okay, circle that guy. He's a problem. Same with Siri there. Um, man, I'm, I'm interested to see. And I think what's really important about this, I think a lot of people like the guardians in this series. I, I think the guardians on paper have all the talent. The question was, are they young? Um, how will they react? And the other thing that horrified everyone, and you have to be honest with it, It's the Rays. We've seen this team do it year in, year out for half a decade that when they're shutting you down, McClanahan's a stud. You know they've got dudes coming out of their bullpen. When they go up one nothing, there is a little bit of like a hush around the office like, oh, like the Rays are down to polka again? And I think I love punchback innings. I want it to become a stat that's tracked for teams. Jose Ramirez in the next bottom half of the inning that they put up that two spot and they say no like your Rays devil magic is not welcome here no thank you we're doing something uh I'm interested to see if that impact carries into tomorrow and potentially Sunday if needed um but I I think the Guardians the Guardians showed today like you mentioned if Francona was to drop this game like I think if we had to guess at a box score for this game, we wouldn't have been far off. Like, it, it would have been really tough to picture McClanahan or Bieber getting touched up by either of these lineups. Um, and yeah, yeah, Guardians win 2-1.
they kept saying over and over on these on these games the the team that wins the first game of a three game set wins like 70 something percent of the time the series it's very important to get game one especially when you're at home and now you got tristan mckenzie lined up with the guardians and you got the bullpen as fresh as can be you can say the same thing about tampa though yeah you got glass now for four and then you got everybody behind him i don't know if they're going to be all hands on deck is rasmussen going to be in the bullpen probably is, is Springs going to be in the bullpen? Probably. Everyone's going to be out there. It's a must-win game for them. Win or go home. We're going to see another a, a, a really small score tomorrow as well. Five and a half is absolutely crazy for a baseball game line as far as runs scored. And uh, I'd say the under again, man. I could see like a 3-2 ball game tomorrow. This game was two hours and 18 minutes. It was the fastest game since 1999 in the postseason. Yeah. It felt that way, too. It was humming, dude. It was humming. Big pitchers were working fast. Defenses were – I think was, there was one error on the, uh, in the game, but this is kind of what we expected from this series. Guardians got the first punch in, man. Now it's up for Tampa to respond, see what they do. This is not – this isn't over by any means. But damn, you got to be feeling good if, if you're a Guardians fan right now. Yeah, I'm, that 70% number you used. I, I'm so interested to see the bop, bop, bop. Where does that come from, by the way? Because it's a three-game set. I thought you just made it up, if I'm being real They with kept you. saying it over and over, bro. I didn't, I never had Is that. Across set. sports? I don't fucking know. <laughs> just in, in life. Because, look, we did have this before because someone yelled at me. I was like, dude, I told Chris Rose this. I was like, he's like, the Guardians don't ever win at home in the postseason. I said, shut up, bro. Yeah. The first time we've ever done this in baseball history, and someone's like, you know, in 2020, we had also a three-game wild card. I was like, dude, okay. But this whole thing, 12 teams in the postseason, blah, 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 is new. So I don't know where they got that stat, but I did keep hearing it, so I just mentioned it right now. Well, and that's what I was I was saying, and I, I used Jake language. I said the ba-ba-ba. The, we've only seen one game. Let's see game two. Because I'll tell you what, if the Rays take game two in Cleveland, the pressure instantly goes on the Guardians. Um, and I, I think we can almost uh, trans transfer over to what game two will look like a little more. Because uh, you mentioned our guy Glass now. He'll be on the bump first. Tristan McKenzie, who is so good this year. By the way, you mentioned the speed of this game. Bieber, first Cleveland pitcher to go seven innings pitch in a postseason game since your boy Roberto Hernandez, a.k.a. Mm. Fausto Carmona, who I think you got him as both. Fausto, Fausto, excuse me, was my first ever homer. I went exactly where Jose Ramirez went today. Oops. I took that homer to right center. And then I also homered off Roberto Hernandez. I mean, that's going to be, that should be a bar trivia, John Boy media question one day. Um, Let's talk more about me. What else do you want to hear? Trevor, tomorrow. Tristan McKenzie, like you said, I mean, pitching will be there. Glass now with a short leash. Uh, Tristan McKenzie with not as short of a leash with the year he's had, but bullpens are fresh, and if you're Cleveland, you play to win today so you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Um, I wonder what changes we see from the Rays. I wonder if you see Isak Paredes get a start. He's a guy that's had a three-homer game earlier this year, I believe. Um, and if you're hunting for offense in, in a do-or-die series, I think you got to mix it up. Uh, we'll see what Cash and uh, 
the Rays analytics crew has drawn up, but is there anything else you're thinking for for tomorrow's ball game? I think you just got to go play your game. I don't think this changes anything. The one the one game doesn't change your game plan. Like I said, you're fresh in the bullpen, all hands on deck. You got to have your guys be your guys. That top of the lineup has to produce in some way, shape, or form. Timely hits, homers, whatever it can be. We saw today, I mean, and, 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 and people forget this about the postseason. We want to talk about the Guardians being this contact-oriented team and how that's going to mess with people and starting pitching and pitchers in the postseason. But it's about who homers. If you out-homer the other team, you're going to win. This one just happened to be there was a runner on base for the Guardians homer. That's it. So I think if you're the Rays, you just tip your cap a little bit. Shane Bieber was nasty. He was disgusting. You know, get some sleep tonight. You're back to work tomorrow. I don't think there's anything needs to change for either of these teams. I think it was a good old fashioned baseball game, and it could have went either way. Right, game was decided by one swing, and each way, and that swing could be very different tomorrow. Um, yeah, that five and a half under. The more and more I think about it, I uh, <laughs> might be riding with you on the under. All right, let's go to. Cron pot it up. Let's go to the Phillies and the Cardinals. Probably the game of the day. Maybe the game of the weekend. Or if it's not, get Depends ready. You're asking. Get ready for an <laughs> yeah. Get ready for an incredible weekend. And by the way, this game is brought to you by AG1 Athletic Greens. You guys probably know AG1 at this point. If not from us, from everywhere. They pop up. Kind of anywhere I listen or watch stuff. And that's because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source superfoods probiotics to help you start your day right. Special blend that ingredients that support your gut health, uh, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery focus, aging, all of the things. And by the way, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's still cheaper than your cold brew habit. And as of right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com baseball. Again, that's athleticgreens.com baseball to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Speaking of insurance, Trev, we head to St. Louis, the Lou, baby. And Jose Quintana with a big ball start. I think, I, you know, we don't like to go there if we don't have to, but why not? 5.1, two hits, one walk, zero earned runs on the other side. Zach Wheeler, 6.1, worked himself out of a sticky situation or two. Two hits, zero earned runs. Here comes Alvarado. And here comes Juan Yepes. Are you kidding me? The pinch hit home run. Go crazy, everyone. There's zeros on the scoreboard until it's 2-0, bottom seven. And like you said, Trev, if you had told Ole Marmal that you could go Quintana to Hicks to Gallegos to Helsley, I think he would have said, we got a pretty good chance of winning that game with a two-run lead 
And I believe the stat that came out was that the Cardinals are 93-0 and with a two-run lead or better uh, this year. I guess the past couple years. The Phillies put together a rally to save their season. Helsley kind of loses it on the bump. I know you want to talk about that, Trev. Long story short, the boys put up a six spot in the ninth with a little contact, a hit by pitch, ball seemingly getting through. Arenado whiffs at a chopper. I mean, you want to talk about the momentum and how quickly things can change in baseball. Show them this ninth inning. Uh, St. Louis, he pushed one across in the ninth, had a couple guys on, but the damage was done. So Philly steal one in the Lou. Uh, Trev, where do you begin, my man? Uh, tip of the cap to the starters again. They did their job, and this has kind of been a theme the first day of the um, the postseason. Starters doing their job, save for one, and probably the one that's headed to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, how about that? Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, you know, it was, it's interesting. We got to just go straight to Yepes first pitch homer. That was awesome. Arenado put a jolt into one. I think he hit a hundred and three off yeah. the bat to left center. He looked like he thought it was gone. And it just wasn't. I think there was some wind going on there during the day. They talked about the flags blowing in. This one was interesting because it was Michael K and A-Rod. You know, I love Michael K. I have a relationship with A-Rod. We'll right. see how it goes. You know, it could turn differently in our in our latter years of our life. I don't know. Arenado jolts one, doesn't go out. Yepes does get one down the line. And we're like, hey, man, sitting pretty for Cardinals. Hells, he's in. First two guys he faces. No problem. I have a question, man. Yeah. I don't know what happened. They're saying he lost feeling or feel of the ball in the ninth inning, but the guy was lights out in the eighth, and he looked lights out to Hoskins in the ninth. And Rio Muto's single was off the end of the bat on a slider. I don't know what happened, okay? I was watching the game. There were some shadows. There was some shadow play. Mm. You talk about Cardinals devil magic. They love shadows. Mm. Bryce Harper's up there, and all of a sudden, the shadows go away. There's a cloud coverage. So Yachty kind of, like, sees that. And this is where I get confused. They're not confused. I want to know what really happened. In my mind, I'm thinking Yachty's going out there to try to get those shadows back. We don't need cloud coverage here. We, we want the shadows for Bryce. He walks out, talks to him. On the way back, they flashed Marmol, and he was laughing a little bit, looking in Yachty's direction, being like, okay, I see what you're doing, big guy. boy." It didn't end up happening. The shadows remained, or the, excuse me, the cloud coverage remained. And then from that point on, Helsley couldn't find it, dude. And I told you this on the phone and on the live stream. Thank goodness the shadows weren't there anymore because some of those pitches he was throwing were downright dangerous. He had absolutely no control. Yachty was trying to go to the slider to, to have the feel back for him, but he couldn't even find that. And it was just like, he didn't know where the ball was going. The The pitch that hit bomb is a very dangerous pitch. And if you're a hitter and you're dealing with shadows and you just tell yourself, fuck it, I got to mentally, I got to dig in right here. 
If you do that and that ball comes up at 102 miles an hour, you're not getting out of the way, dude, and it's dangerous. So I'm actually really happy the clouds were there. But I think that's the story here. I mean, Helsley loses it, and then uh, they had Flaherty and and Palante warming up. They decided to go with Palante because he's more of a ground ball guy. But here's my thinking on this whole situation. I know Palante did his job. He got ground balls. What are you supposed to do? And you got an all-world defense that I fucking talked about a lot, and they didn't show up. But on the Gene Segura ball, they they played like the halfway. Hey, right? we're not sure type of defense. And in my mind, this is what you got to do. I think you play more towards the out at home. Gene Segura can run, dude. Right. So it has to be like a perfect ground ball for you to get to. So why not just let's let's go to. Uh, infield in type of defense and then take like two steps back because at that point you can still if a ball's hit right at you go to second base or go to you know and try to roll the double play but you're you're setting yourself up for that play at home which is the more likely scenario if you get a ground ball because of the way gene runs Edmund gets caught in between he said he was trying to do like a dive slash spin at the same time it didn't work out and then Goldschmidt gets a ball. He decides to go home with it. Pulls the throw a little bit. Not in time. Bam. Then Arenado whiffs one. He fucking whiffed it. He got in between on a hop. And that's it. That's the ball game, dude. And that's how quickly things can change. Like you said, if you if you told Marmal, Marmal before the game, this was going to be the situation. We're going to have Helsley in there. And we're going to have the lead. Boom. I'll take it every single time. But baseball happens sometimes, man, and it definitely didn't seem those. I want to give some credit to some different places. Um, Helsley comes in to get two outs uh, after Gallegos walks Stott on four pitches, so that's important. Um, so they they pull him. They decided that was that must have been their leash with Gallegos. If he lets one on, we're going to go to Helsley. He's been our guy. Just went through his pitching game log. He's a guy that he's done – Two innings at different points this year, 1.1 and all that, and he's your guy guy, so I get it. Um, The Phillies batters, uh, Helsley comes in and he strikes out Marsh and he gets Schwarber to pop out, did his job, right? You're already at 10 pitches. 10 pitches, you got to come in, sit down, and come back out. And he comes back out, Reeser, six-pitch at bat. Uh, This is one of Jimmy's bigger things. He he loves guys that see pitches because you get that one ball roll over, and it, you change the whole output. So Helsley, who's now at 16 pitches, which is, you know, almost an average outing for him. Real Mudo singles, Harper walk, we're checking the hands, Castellanos walk, Bomb celebrates kind of the hit by pitch. A, because he's trying oh, yeah. to win. B, because I think he's glad it didn't hit him in the noggin. Because uh, that would have been a scene. And then, yeah, it's um the Palante Flaherty part. Uh, if this was talking Cardinals, I have to assume you just replay over and over again because you get the Palante part of it, right? The guy's been nails. He doesn't strike out a ton of hitters this year, so you're trying to get that ground ball, and you did. Like you said, you trust your infield defense. It was funny. I mean, the Edmund ball and the Arenado ball, the camera guy got fooled because those are balls that those guys kind of just traditionally get. Um and then Goldie tries to make the play at home. I In my head, that's tough to double-guess in the moment because you're doing anything to cut down the run, but it ends up biting you because uh, you don't get an out and another run scores. Um, that Yeah, I, I mean, 
it's tough for me because I'm too close to the situation, and I haven't watched every Cardinals game this year. It's something we tell you. Um, knowing who Jack Flaherty is, a guy that kind of idolizes the Joker, um, and I think you know Cardinals fans aren't sure of his role going into this postseason. There is a part of me that when I see, and this is an outsider, I haven't watched every Cardinals game. I haven't watched every Cardinals game in the last three weeks. You tell me Jack Flaherty game on the line or Andre Pallante, my heart wanted Flaherty, and maybe I'm too close to the situation. But you could have almost set the tone where he comes in and he's the bad guy, and maybe you found a role for Jack Flaherty this postseason instead of not being sure he got loose yesterday, how do we use him tomorrow? I don't know. Cardinal fans, I can admit I might be 100% wrong in this, but that was just my feeling. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I think they're both good options, and Palante did his job. There was, I mean, right. there were no balls hit hard in that inning at all. I think, I think A-Rod even said this. I think 88 miles an hour was like the hardest ball hit that whole inning. So, like, this is just baseball dude that's it it happened you know the 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 ground balls found a way to to do damage essentially and typically that's not going to happen against the cardinals it probably it probably isn't going to happen tomorrow but today in the game it happened dude you can question some of the infield positioning uh like i did uh but other than that man i think maybe the shadows you know when you're playing the infield they don't matter that much but they matter a little bit. You know, they can you can lose the ball a little bit in the infield on a ground ball with if they're shadows. That's just part of the game. Um but this is uh I don't know, man. Yeah. You have to feel great if you're Philadelphia. Alec Bohm was making the plays like Arenado. Yeah. He had a bunch of nice plays there. Talk- so if you're Philly, man. Are they gonna do is it do they announce is Nola going tomorrow? Uh, what I have, um, I have Nola going tomorrow against Michaelis. Okay. So, I mean, this is, but before wild, we go there, man. I want to, I want to hit a couple things quick. Pujols, big at bat with runners on and he hits the double play. You're getting excited for that. You mentioned the Arenado ball. He thought he got it. Um, and by the way, I, too close to the situation with Kay. Love him. He was nice to us very early when he didn't have to. And I think he's a great broadcaster. I thought he was great. And not joking, not being facetious, I thought Rod was good. Um, he had a couple lines that got me. He was, uh, when Arenado hit that ball, Arenado went to Pujols in the dugout and they were talking and he did like a mock convo. And Arenado was like, you think I had that? And he's like, yeah, Poppy, I thought you had that. And I don't know. That was just funny. It was like that's good. what got you. It was just it was good. A Rod, like he he doesn't normally get there. Uh, and then he and then Kay asked him. He was like, did, "Did any did any of your teammates ever tell you no?" And A Rod goes, "Yeah, Andy Pettit. One time he flat out told me, no way, man, that was not going." Uh, that's so, a pitcher. So I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So you're, I, you're right. Look, I, I there were some A Rod moments. I was like, okay, like the, the insight was there. He's played in a ton of postseason games, bro. So he understands how they work. Although he was, he kept harping on, yeah, um, contact and oh, look at these ground balls. They did all this. It's like, and the ESPN literally showed a stat <laughs> about out homering your yeah. opponent. So like, there's some stuff like that. I thought K was fantastic. I do like listening to Michael K. Um, but yeah, 
we had the moment. If you're a Cardinals fan, you had everything you wanted. You had the guy in the game you wanted. You had Pools up there in a big situation. And even at the end of the game, Yachty. you had Yachty. Yeah. Even though it's not a great spot for Yachty right yeah. there. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone was kind of sneakily getting ready for that storybook moment, but it it uh it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. Shout out to a lot of guys on the Phillies. Gene Segura, obviously, he's he's gonna get remembered for this one. Bryson Stott and Veerling were given at bats at the bottom of the lineup. And Very that, good at bats. That is important. Um, you know, a game where Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, and Castellanos combined for zero hits and the Phillies win. Um, I mean, what a wild, wild game. Um, and I think that transitions us into tomorrow, Trev. Uh, like I just said, Nola will be going, or that's what currently MLB has, and I think has been said. We'll see if there's any funny business. Um, and Miles Michaelis, uh, who's been really good for the Cardinals this year. I know he doesn't necessarily have the name recognition of some of the Top Guns going in this playoffs, but he's been very, very good. Um, obviously, you're going to get good pitching. Michaelis will have a shorter leash, like I said last time, and maybe I'm going to be saying this for every game for the or the losing team today. Um, but, man, if you're the Cardinals, man, talk about letting it go. Like, you just have to say... When we leave this ballpark, it is that inning is done and over and will not happen again because you kind of won this ball game, right? No, you didn't. What do you mean you kind of won this ball game? It was, won this it, was a, ball it was a tight game. game. You had your closer in there, and he blew it. And, and whether it was a, a health thing, like you couldn't feel right. the fingers, and that goes back to, I guess, the end of the last game of the regular season, he kind of like, shielded himself against a broken bat, came down on his hand, and they, they were talking about it a little bit. But, dude, he, he looks so good early on. It's I'm very curious, man. Like, I want to know what's really going on there. That like, was... Could he come back tomorrow and just be the fucking guy? Or is this a mental thing? Is it... He's been absolutely lights out all year long and he lost it dude so i mean something has to be going on it can't i don't see him it's not like a moment thing the pressure or anything like that but then i go back to what he looked like before melina took that mound visit he looked great dude and then it fell apart funny it's a funny sport sometime um Man, Ole Marmol, I, I know I coming in, I thought he was going to be the manager that got questioned the most. Again, it seemed like he pushed the right buttons, but here I am, semi-questioning with Flaherty. Let's see what they've got tomorrow. And, man, could you draw up a better ugly win for Philly? Like, this game, they were dead on arrival, right? Like, no runs, your big dogs weren't doing it. And then to put up that spot in Peacocking, they're a dirty bunch, man. We've been talking for two years. We want to see what this Philly team would look like in a playoff series. And maybe we're getting the result. I, I think if you ask anyone around baseball, I think they'll tell you this, one's, this one might be the furthest from being over. But, man, what a win. What a win for the Phils. It was crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. I was actually like watching this game and early on before we move on, 
there was some chirp and Hoskins was not mm. happy about some of the calls uh, that he had in the first inning. And then, uh, you know, just Marsh kind of had that same thing when he pinch hit. Uh, he was chirping a little bit. I'd advise those guys, don't worry about that shit, dude. Don't give the umpires any reason mm. to ring your ass up, dude. Hoskins ended up going over five in that game. I'm not saying that had any part to do with it, but those umpires, they know how big these games are. They're on national TV. They don't want to be made to look the fool. So just, you know, you got to bite the tongue a little bit. Trevor, speaking of biting my tongue, let's go to your Toronto Blue Jays versus the Seattle Mariners up in Toronto. Maybe the most balanced talent on the field. I don't know how you say it, but I think everyone was excited to see these young teams go at it. Luis Castillo, Alec Manoa. Talk about two guys that probably manscape very differently. I mean, Manoa, you know it's powerful. Um, and Castillo, I bet there's a design. I don't know if you can bring the cat scratch down there. I've tried. Didn't work so well for me. I think you can. I think you can. Why I think not? They might both have cat scratches. What are the young guys doing? I guess Castillo's not a young guy, but he's got the style. I could see Manoa having a full baseball with the laces and stuff. and just Like his number. It. He's like, an, I, oh, I got my number. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like when he was a kid playing like youth baseball, he had a chain with his number on it. No doubt. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And the number that you guys need to have in mind is 20% off because that's what you're getting from Manscaped plus free shipping with code talking. You guys know the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best in the biz. And when you get their whole package, you get the weed whacker, ear and nose. Get rid of that stuff, guys. What are we doing? The crop preserver, deodorant, you need it. And this whole performance package 4.0 comes with boxers, the travel bag, I use that, and the boxers. Man, go to manscaped.com and use code TALKING. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Take care of your downstairs, man. What are? Why not? It's playoff baseball. I did. Well, that's the I mean, maybe today. a playoff beard. I took it down. Uh, well, so you're on the opposite way. And speaking of taking it down, Luis Castillo, what he did to that Toronto lineup. Oh, boy. And does it look right, man? There is something every baseball player, whether you're a pitcher, a hitter, infielder, outfielder, you have your own mannerisms and it looks different between your body type and your throwing angle. Something about when Luis Castillo does it, it looks as pretty as it can on a baseball field. And Trev, what this came down to was a mix of that and a first inning, which is so shocking because Alec Manoa, especially at home, I don't think he'd given up an earned run in the first inning at home all year. He'd been lights out recently in September. He'd been incredible. They put up, the Seattle Mariners put up a three spot in the first. How is your big dumper two-run homer following your boy Eugenio with the RBI double? And man, that Toronto crowd that I've talked about ad nauseum, 
you know, they tried to come back. They saw some big Vlad and Bichette bat-bats. They could never really get back into it. They get shut out Castillo to Munoz. Mariners win 4 nothing. It's, we talked about the first inning. What was that going to be like? Uh, Manoa likes to throw inside. He's hit more batters than any other pitcher in the big leagues this year. How do you get Julio Rodriguez out? Will you throw him high and tight? Ends up nailing him first at bat. And then we also talked Eugenio Suarez. I put the accent on the wrong syllable there. That's my bad, people. A Eugenio Suarez has been hitting sinkers this year, and he took that sinker to right field and just had a professional Mm. swing, and that silences the crowd right away. And you're right, dude. If you're a crowd and you and that happens right away where you just get punched in the face, like it's hard to recover. You need the Jays' offense to recuperate and to give you something to cheer about. That didn't happen. But Cal Raleigh's at bat, I thought was interesting, dude. I was watching that. He gets one fastball to hit and misses it. He gets another fastball to hit and misses it. He ain't going to miss a third. Rarely do you ever in a major league at bat get two pitches, two good pitches to hit. It rarely, rarely, rarely. I mean, this is we're talking about 1% of the time. Do you get three pitches to hit and then a bat? And he did. He didn't miss that third one, man. And that, those three runs with a guy like Castillo on the mound, I mean, that is, you talk about drawing it up if you're the Mariners and and and, and what you want to do, go out there and score first. Shut that crowd up. And have Luis Castillo come out and shut and shut the offense down. And he did, man. It was textbook of what the Mariners wanted to do, and they did it. Man, uh, Luis Castillo. It's it. I know I, I gave a little soliloquy there and talked about how how beautiful it looks, but you know some some guys can also make it look beautiful and not get the results. This guy got the results, Uh, 7.16 hits, zero walks, zero earned runs, strikes out the side in the seventh. Uh, Your boy Chappie, Tapia, and Jansen, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Chappie was so dejected, bro. He foul-tipped that one, and and, um, Big Dumper ended up catching it. And it was just, he was just like, fuck. I know that feeling, dude. The foul tip feeling is one of the worst in baseball. Like, wait, I did the thing that lets me continue my at-bat, but Dude, it doesn't count? Let's keep running off the Castillo stuff because we have some really great notes on him. The Blue Jays were in scoring position just twice in this mm-hmm. game. Twice. They had four hard-hit balls all game. That's 95 miles an hour or higher. No extra base hits. He was throwing one and a half miles an hour faster than usual. His sinker Vila was up 1.7 miles per hour. He hit a hundred miles per hour five times throughout the game. That's not typical of him. I know he thought it was hard, but a hunch. Mm. 17 batted balls, 10 were ground balls. You keep people in the park, you win postseason games. Luis Castillo. You have to give credit to the Mariners front office for going out and getting that guy because everybody wanted him. Every team was in on this guy, and they put the package together to go get him. And I, and I heard uh, whoever was on the game. Was it Kirk Jin? Somebody was on the game. I forget who it was. was talking about, 
I saw, I talked to a rival executive and he told me the hall was just too much. It's like, it ain't too much if you get this. I talked to a rival executive. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, he was saying like, if your other team's watching this series and watching Luis Castillo pitch in the postseason, you're probably saying, why didn't we give up that much for this guy? He is incredible. And then, of course, they sign him to the extension. This guy's going to be a Mariner for a long time. You talk about looking the part. You're right, dude. This guy. That's who you want on the mound, man. He, It's like zero fucks given. This is what I got, and you have no chance. The change up, everything, it's just... It's the definition of, we talk about it sometimes, whether it's guys and their approaches, hitting or pitching. I'm going to do me. <laughs> if you want to adjust to what I'm trying to do, knock yourself out. But I'm going to do me. I think there was a J.P. Crawford quote, not just to drop his na- name, but during the broadcast, where they were like, when he came over, they wondered. He said something like, how did he... How come he doesn't have a Cy Young? Never mind. How doesn't he have multiple Cy Youngs with how gross this dude is? And yeah, man, there's something to a stat page, which I use a ton. I live on Baseball Reference, Baseball Savant, Fangraphs, all those pages. We talked leading up to the trade deadline, like Luis Castillo, probably the best pitcher available. Frankie Montes, probably the next guy available. I don't know how much of this is a salty Yankee fan, and if you want to reel me back, I'll let you. But those guys aren't in the same area code of what they can do well, on a baseball field. Area code maybe is a little stretched. But yeah, Luis Castillo is a better pitcher. So uh, for them to lock him up, that 5 for 108 is already looking incredible. Uh, first Seattle Mariners pitcher uh, to throw seven-plus scoreless innings uh, in the postseason, Randy Johnson. Jamie Moyer, big game Freddy Garcia. Are you kidding me? Nope. Luis Castillo is the first one to do it. Um, and again, like this is a this is a vaunted. I mean, that's a weird word, but it is. Like this Blue Jays lineup is is what it's supposed to be. Um, Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, Kirk, Teoscar, Chapman. I mean, Chapman and Springer, they each have two hits. Springer has to come out of the game and get some x-rays we'll see what's going on there um i guess they have more than half the hits if you're toronto at home i know that's a bad man on the bump i know the guy that followed him if you don't know him munoz sheesh how do you hit that you gotta push a run across in this playoff game because i was told there was gonna be a movie trev and i didn't love this movie for them I'll say the same thing, man. You just got to put this game behind you. You got Gossman going for you. You know the offense can click at any moment. I do want to ask you about that Springer hit by pitch by Castillo. I'm watching the game, man. Julio Rodriguez gets hit twice. There were some balls up and in. We know Manoa. That's just the kind of guy he is. But uh, at a certain point, if you're the other team, you don't don't like that. And – People have heard me talk on this show a lot about how I I don't like hitters getting hit. I don't. But I understand if Luis Castillo went there and went up and in to Springer. It's you hit Julio twice. And then, right. Were they in, in on purpose? No, but you were going up there 
And you know you have shaky command. You hit a lot of uh, players. This is if this was on purpose. I don't love it, but I understand it. I don't know if that's going to make Blue Jays fans hate me. No, but it's... just just think about it, man. Your dude went up to their center fielder and hit him twice, and pitched him tough in. Okay, this is the game we play. There was a there was a a, a quote. On House of Dragons, who play a dangerous game. Sometimes our game does get dangerous. When you're going up and in, as much as Manoa goes up and in, there are times where you're going to have to answer for that. Not him, clearly. He ain't going to be in the box, but somebody on the team's going to have to answer for it. Luis Castillo goes out there. What That was his one batter? Um, oh, no, okay. He no, went seven yeah, and a third. Yeah. But that was his last batter, I think. Trev, I don't... Think anyone, Do you feel that way? I don't think anyone should be mad at you. I think it's a gray area of baseball because, A, we don't know what was going through Luis Castillo's pitch in that moment. Was he probably trying to get Springer off the dish and send a message? I think so. We got two leadoff center fielders. One is like the brightest up-and-coming star of baseball. The other guy is a guy that I I try to laud who he is and what he is in like baseball history for center fields and leadoff homers. It's an up and in pitch, and that I'm watching it again. I'm watching it again. It's a one two pitch. He was set up away. He did lose it completely arm side. But do you want to put on a base runner in a four run playoff game? I don't know. Do you want to send a message? Maybe. And hey, that's the other side of the coin that you touched upon. And Trev, we dove into this a couple episodes ago about Manoa. How he leads the league in hit by pitch, and is that effectively wild? And he's this big burly character that intimidates you. Well, maybe you're gonna get the horns from another team, and and maybe that's what happened. And maybe he also got burnt by it. He's got Julio Rodriguez down 0-2, and then he hits him with that pitch in the first inning. I don't think he wanted to do that. And then look what happened. So, um, I don't know. We'll never know. I think we might find out more tomorrow with a couple of early pitches in that game. But um, I, I don't know. Anything else on this one before we talk a little bit more about tomorrow? I think the game plan's the same for Seattle. Go try to score first. Uh, if you're Toronto, wake the bats up. Uh, Robbie Ray back in town. What's up? What's up? Yeah. I think both these guys are happy. Both these teams are happy with who they're sending out there. Um, but you know this series is very far from over. We just Toronto offense came in clicking one bad game against a guy who you said just looks the damn part of an ace and is an ace. You just got to move on, man. You, I mean, I don't think there's any pitchers that aren't available for tomorrow. Again, it's it's all hands on deck. It's going to be another great game. And by the way, I mentioned how good Munoz is. There's other guys in that pen. That are really, really good. That didn't get touched yesterday. So, and Logan Gilbert, who would be lined up for that third game or a first game of the next series, that guy's been nails. He's he's ready to go. So Seattle, he's the only he's the only one. Him and Castillo are the only people wearing turfs tomorrow. Everybody <laughs> else, bring your spikes. They might. Um, there's an argument that Seattle might be sitting like as pretty as any team left in this wild card round. I mean, Robbie Ray, Gilbert, 
I know Ray hasn't been as sharp lately. You didn't use a lot of your pen. I know we said this with Cleveland a little bit, but we, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cleveland's Blue, been pretty too. Yeah. Blue Jays. Like, I want to believe. I know Jimmy can be tough on you guys sometimes. He doesn't love the flair. Guess what? I like a little flair. I'm wearing three necklaces right now. If I was twenty, if I was 23 years old and Vladito Jr., guess what? I already act like kind of an asshole. I can't imagine the swag I would have if I thought I was that guy. Bring it, Toronto. Because if not now, it's going to be a loud offseason. Like, you lost, you got your manager fired this year. They brought in someone else. It was a short film. These baby Jays. In in cons, it was only six and a half minutes, but they got a 10-minute standing ovation. I feel like you'd be a big cons guy. Why do they, when, let me just talk about this for a second. When they talk about these movies and there was a seven-minute standing ovation, bullshit. <laughs> do you know how long seven minutes is yeah. to stand there and clap? It didn't happen. I don't believe it. Not one fucking bit. Hopefully, Let's go Toronto Rocket, man. Hopefully, the fans in Toronto are are ready, are ready to rock and give a standing ovation tomorrow. And a genuine thing in Toronto, you know, I pulled the plug on them at at the end of our predictions, and we're Yankee fans and all this. Maybe you won't believe this. I am rooting for the Jays, man. There are so many good baseball players on that team. Like I, I think they can give Houston a better punch than Seattle just from divisional stuff. And if they play with their hair on fire, but all is not. If we don't get a couple wins in the next couple days, Trev, it brings us to the final game of the night. Uh, I, I started getting wishy-washy when I started talking about the talent in Seattle and Toronto, because we then ended up stumbling into the talent that's on this baseball field. And it is high end. The starting pitching, the back end of the game, the Mets hosting the Padres. The Mets, regrettably at this dance. They had a couple games that they could have won that could have not had them in the wild card. They didn't win them. Okay. We got Scherzer. We got DeGrom. We got Bassett. We got the home field. San Diego's got to fly out here. Scherzer gets touched by Bell. In the first inning, a two-run big boy homer. It was kind of one of those homers that you were like, no way he got it that good, right? <laughs> he did. 419, the opposite field. It is 2-0. Make it three after Trent Grisham, independent. He, his 184 batting average, goes yard on Scherzer. It stays 3-0. The Mets had chances they had runners on. They were waiting for that two-out hit. It never came home. And then the fifth inning, Profar, with the back-breaking Taylor Walls chiropractor, three-run homer off the pole after the hit before that hit the chalk. And then Manny Machado follows it up with a homer of his own. Scherzer comes out, 4.2, seven Ernie's. Shout out to the Mets pen. They did their job. 4.1 yeah. shutty. Um, you Darvish was you Darvish, man. Uh, it's fun to watch. We saw a 95 mile per hour fastball. We saw a 67 
mile, mile per hour EFIS pitch. Uh, he kicks it to Suarez and Garcia. Uh, Garcia hitting a hunch easy. Suarez with the seven-pitch inning. The Mets, you wanted to root for him. We were rooting for him. We were live-streaming. By the way, we're going to be live-streaming tomorrow night. We're going to be live-streaming every night. So come tune in. Uh, check out the JM Baseball channel. We'll be streaming there. And By the way, we've got some awesome merch. I'm wearing a pretty cool new shirt that our graphics guy put together. So you can support us. Join us in a live-stream. Check out our merch store. Get yourself something nice. Get a gift for someone. Uh, Eddie Escobar, my guy, hits the, hits the homer. We love that. We love getting a zero off the board. Trev, again, I will kick off. Marte was a part of this game. Do you want to start with Scherzer? Was he banged up? Do we want to give the Padres love? You tell me. You got to give the Padres love. I want to give a few shout-outs before I dive into this. Peter Moylan with the Instagram story of the week. He posted a pic of himself playing golf, and he said, hashtag wild card. And that is yeah. rubbing salt in the Mets fans' wound yeah, because he's got no care in the world this weekend. He's going to go play golf. He doesn't have to watch these games. Who cares? That's tough. Mets could have been there. Uh, it didn't happen. And then I had a buddy who texted me before the game, and he said, hey, I think I'm taking a Josh Bell homer here at plus 750. Oh, what do you oh, think? Oh, I said, oh. I don't know, bro. Maybe. Sure as shit, man. Hits the homer. And that's that's the name of the game. It's just it's these homers. Scherzer wasn't as sharp as he needed to be. Made some mistakes with the fastball. Uh, but you do have to give credit to the Padres hitters for putting the bat in the ball. We talked about how the guys the Padres have slated the start. Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. They've been coming in hot. And then Scherzer, you know, he was good. Then he gets hurt, comes back, looks good. Struggles, I think, in his last outing. Um, I don't know, man. This is this was tough to watch. It was it was tough to watch because once you have that fifth inning, three nothing is a big lead, but then you go up seven nothing, and the life is out of the stadium. I know Escobar hits the homer, whatever. Was he wearing bangle cleats? What, what was that? You know, Eddie, man. They were orange with black stripes. Is that a Bengal or a tiger? I don't know what was going on with that. But this was it's all Padres, man. And that's uh this was without Soto doing anything. He wasn't the one we called for all the guys that got traded to step up, and we we're really saying, Well, Soto, let's go. Like you got hot at the end of the season. Can you do something? Turns out didn't really need him. 0 for four for Soto, but Bell does a thing in the first inning. And, and and scoring first, how important is that in these series, especially if you're the visiting team? Score first, shut the, cl- the crowd up a little bit. Like, get that momentum. It really means something in these short series because it just puts so much pressure on the other team. And I know it's one game and you got to win two, but that is what you talk about pregame. Hey, let's go score first. Let's go do that. And then you got Darvish on the hill. And did he have some base runners on? Sure, but the the things he's able to do with the baseball just it, it's it's really really hard to have a a plan of attack against you, Darvish, because he can just manipulate the ball so well. I mean, some of the Ephus curveballs up there, then he he'll he'll juice one up on you with the fastball, and and he'll that fastball, you know, there's a 
fucking 10 mile an hour difference in how he throws it. And, and that's with every single pitch. So really, you know, he might have five pitches that he throws, but it's really more like 10 because he's able to manipulate them and, and, and mess with you. And we saw more of that tonight. And I think, yeah, tip your hat to him and the Padres in general. And Trev, that, that's a great point. Uh, well, first let me do, I love the punch. Back. Oh, I said five pitches. Like that was nothing. Cause that's you Darvish. I think he might even have six pitches that he registers. So yeah, on any, on any given day, I, I think there is something like he's thrown nine or 10 different types of pitches this year. Um, the punch back inning, I mentioned it with Cleveland um, and the Mets in the first inning, Lindor hit yeah. by pitch swipe second McNeil single first and third Alonzo and Vogie and Vogie. Gave it a little more of a ride than than people thought. The ball was carrying to right field. How different is this game if one or two or three of those runs get pushed across? And piggybacking of where you are. Because <laughs> we've streamed this game, me, Joe's, and Jolly. Thanks to everyone that was with us. We were kind of saying in the eighth and ninth inning, like it felt like Darvish was hittable today. But... When you put it in the equation like you just did, a normal pitcher has three pitches. So say their fastball slider change. When you see that ball start to break in and it's their slider and they leave it over the middle of the dish, guess what? Tea time, right? For Darvish, like you're saying with that game plan, there was a couple pitches that looked kind of middle-middle, center cut. Um, You know, Alonzo took a cutter in the first inning, his second pitch that was kind of... Right there. A couple other at-bats in this game that he got pop-ups out of. With those array of pitches, it makes it harder to line it up even when he makes a mistake because you don't know what pitch is coming. So that's a credit to you, Darvish. And again, I've been trying to tell you people all year, he seemingly seemingly gets forgotten in in the book of baseball a little bit, but like a historic career? Like, the fact he's still doing it at age 36 and is dominant and he's got this silly online presence, like, he's a special guy. Um, Profar, his big season all year for the Padres, comes up on the big stage. Um, Josh Bell, him and Trent Grisham, it felt like every time they were up, they hit a ball to the warning track or out of the park. Um, I don't know. Uh do you think Scherzer's hurt? I, I know you covered that briefly, but Moylan and Blevins basically alluded to it. He's He had the oblique thing, but he came back and was lights out for uh, his first start back. And it, it could be a thing where it's lingering and he's nur- and not nursing it, but protecting it, I think, is yeah. the word I'm looking for. And if you're doing that and you don't have the conviction, the pitchers will use that word a lot. Sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I get it. If it's like uh, you have to finish off your pitches and you have to be really like, you just have to have conviction. That's the, yeah. that is the right word for it. you have to have that. And maybe Max didn't have that tonight. Padres relying on the long ball is strange. They're bottom third in the league in that category. Um, but I guess that's that's how it goes some games. I don't expect that to keep up for them in the postseason. You got it off Scherzer. Now you got Degrom tomorrow. Can you do that? Is he going to be on a short leash? Like, is it all hands on deck? Is 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 everyone with the Mets available? Is Bassett? 
does he have the cleats mm. on too tomorrow? Like, what are we doing if you're the Mets? I think you have to just have everybody. It's obviously a must-win game. But, like, are we going to do any piggyback situation, short leash, long leash? What are we doing, man? I am I would say no Bassett. I I, I know you got to play to win the game, but I, I don't think Bassett, because you didn't use Edwin Diaz. Um, so, you know, in playoff formats, can Edwin give you two? I think absolutely. Um, you didn't use Adovino, uh, who can can be a high-leverage guy. Seth Lugo came out, and that's the win from this game. Like, the Mets' bullpen did their job. David Peterson, a dominant little outing from there. So I, I think you tell everyone that it's not Bassett that, that we got to get it tomorrow. And Trev, I mean, maybe this whole conversation's for not because the, the guy who's supposed to be the best pitcher in the world, if you polled society... This man would be the number one guy mentioned as the best pitcher in the world right now. Jacob DeGrom is on the bump. Um, And, hey, Padre fans, you probably don't want to hear this. I mean, I hope we get a legendary performance because it's how good this guy is. I mean, it's an unfair ask to, to ask anyone to give a legendary performance, especially, you know, he's still working his way up to be, like, full Jacob DeGrom. But... At City Field, season on the line. Scherzer was clearly dealing with something. That man, oh man, I um, it's it's yeah. the game I'm most excited for tomorrow because of Jacob Degrom. Going back to the Scherzer possible injury, he spoke after the game. He kept saying my fastball was running on me instead of riding up. And that typically means something's going on mechanically, whether you're compensating this way, something's off. With a guy like Scherzer, who's, you know, a workaholic and and really focuses on his mechanics and making sure everything's lined up and 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 going the right way, that's a shock to hear him say that. It, it makes me think, yeah, maybe he has been compensating for that oblique and things were just a little bit different because they did get to that heater. I think um Profars was like a little cutter, uh, but Bells was a fastball. I think Grisham's was a fastball. And he said, I, I use that heater to set everything else up. If you don't have right. that working the way that you want it to work, then you can't set up everything else, and you're going to get bit by some of these long balls, and he did. I, uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. Um, on the other side... San Diego, who, Trev, you did pick to win this series, has Blake Snell going tomorrow, who Blake Snell had an incredible second half. You know he's not afraid of the moment. Heck, I should stop saying incredible second half. He ended up with 24 starts in a 3-8-8 ERA. He had a much better second half than a first half. But Blake Snell, and I know he was also in your IG Live, flex on him. Crushing um, it in my IG Live. 14 starts, a 2-1-9 ERA, 105 punch-outs, and 78 innings pitched. Um, he has only gotten better as this season has gone on. If you're the Mets, you better find some big boy stuff. I mean, Alonzo's better versus lefties. You're probably going to see the kid Alvarez in at DH as, as they're looking for some Mets magic there. Um, I talked about... Seattle being set up good with Robbie Ray and Gilbert. The 
the Padres with a win in the bag. And then Snell and Musgrove to win one game. The Padres are sitting pretty, Trev. I told you, they these guys have no hit type stuff. It just takes right now for the Padres to move on. It is one good start from guys that have been giving you good starts a lot in the second half and that have had a career of good starts. So Snell seems chill as ever, ready to go on the bump. Uh, but by no means is this series over. I know all the stats for these three-game series. Again, how the hell do we even know? Small sample size, will you do it to me? Mm. I don't know, man. That game one does mean a lot, though, doesn't it? It's what we're gonna like it. It's what we're gonna find out, and that's why I I had my weird badump badunt thing that that you didn't understand, and people shouldn't. Understand, I don't know what but, you. Yeah, what is that? But guess what? For all these game twos, the first time that we're watching these three game wild card formats, if the Rays punch back and they win, and then the pressure's on the Guardians for game three at home, if Toronto they put on a show tomorrow, and then they're going to game three. And they're building. They're going to be all sorts of juiced up. The Cardinals, like I said, they kind of thought they won a game, and then they didn't. They lost it at the end. If they come back and win, and they've got one more game to go to save their season, and the New York Metropolitans, are you kidding me? DeGrom, that play should be electric. He's got a chance to have a special performance. This game, I know Cleveland and and Tampa, we talked about how the, the offenses could be shut down. Snell DeGrom through seven innings? I mean, can I bet on zeros on the board through that? I think you can. First five, they got those bets. Um, I'm excited to see this Mets team and Buck Showalter, and we're not the Mets. The other thing that's tough, Trev, I watched this game with Jolly. They've had four games now that were kind of must win, and they've gone 0-4 in them. And when Peter Moylan's posting his IG stories from the golf course, it's in your head a little bit. And it's it's either, you know, it's literally go now or go home. Um, and I guess the, the th- a guy that we haven't mentioned yet who hopefully Mets fans can circle as an X factor for the rest of this series, Starlin Marte brought it tonight. With the finger taped up defensively, offensively, stealing What's back. What's your reason to be on the roster? I think him and Escobar got to go up the lineup tomorrow. It's do or die. Um, And that stuff is what makes these short series so fun and so interesting is what is Buck going to make this lineup look like tomorrow? But, dude, hand it to your guys. Lindor, you got to do something. Pete, you got to do something. Those two guys, you got to be the offense. You have to be the spark plug, whatever it may be. Those are the guys that have to go. Yeah. That's bottom line, dude. You got to have them step up, okay? Like, it's awesome when we have the guys at the bottom of the order do some things for you. Great. That's extra, bro. Like, your guys need to be your guys. So if you're the Mets, it's one thing you got to look out for is, are our guys, Lindor and Pete, are you going to go up there and get to Snell early and set the tone? It's the bottom line. If Snell goes through that lineup the first time and it's 
like a hot knife through butter, that stadium is going to be low again. The energy is not going to be there. And then it just becomes like the Padres series to win. Like you got to go from the get go. I, I really, really believe, especially in these short series, it's, it's you got to score early. You got to go out there and do it early, dude, because the pressure just starts to mount, starts to mount. We heard a lot of these broadcasts talking and A-Rod, okay, I'll give him a little bit of credit here. Okay. When I was watching that game, he talks about how a seven game series is so much different than a, a three-game series. Like, there is room for error in a seven-game series. If you bobble a ball or you make an error, it's okay. Like, there is baseball to be played. When you pare it down to a three-game set, every single thing matters. Scoring first matters. Momentum matters because not only for statistics, but, like, when you're playing defense and you got a lead, you're playing defense a little bit easier, a little more carefree. When you're playing defense and you're behind – and or it's a close game like you you get a little you know tense there like it just it's a it's a butterfly effect with everything go out there for the Mets get on the board early that's the that's what you have to do and then you got DeGrom going for you like like I said this is not none of these series are over I don't want to hear it with the percentages and whatnot but I think that the momentum and scoring first is is paramount for the teams that have lost game one final question before we call it how many game threes will there be on Sunday? I don't know, man. Let me go over them real quick. <laughs> I, I, it's got to be quick. I think. Sorry, I'm fired up right now. I know. I think the I think the Rays sneak one out. I think the Rays Guardians wow, go through. Horny. I do. I do. Um, Cardinals, Phillies goes three. That's going three. It's going three. There's no doubt in my mind. I think the Mets win this this next one because I just I, I believe in Degrom. I love you, Snell. I love you, bro. And what's the other one? Mariners. Mariners. Blue Jays. Hesitant. I think that I think that might be a sweep. Woo. Um. Mariners are doing it right now. I think we get three. I think I'd flip flop. Uh, I think Cleveland just gets it done. I think I think they're a better team. Okay. Tristan, uh, I, I'm I'm on board with that. I'll change Toronto. my answer to that. Let's go. Hey, because who knows anything about what's going to happen? You don't. I don't. And nobody listening here knows what the hell is going to happen. That's the beauty of baseball, man. And as everybody knows, with these playoffs and where me and Zach met was on set. At anything goes, it's late. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> that joke was for Zach, mostly. Do you want to deep dive into some more stuff? Yeah, right Trevor. Me and Trevor will be live on his Instagram live uh, for the rest of the night, just talking about different players and their performances. Thank you, guys, again. Streaming tomorrow. Streaming every night. Uh, and we'll have the recaps out to you. Podcast, normal, normal schmormal. As you saw on the YouTube, we're, we're chopping them up per series. Um, thank you guys. John Bino says his best. We're trying to figure out how to work him in while he comes back from his sister's wedding. Um, and then once he's back, he's in. So about to work this beef jerky in my mouth right now. How about that? All right. Hit the hit music or something. Zach. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Got late. Got late real fast. I love baseball so much, dude. It's huge. I'll watch A-Rod talk about it. (laughs) Jake sucks. Jake sucks. Yeah.
speed. This is good. Yeah, you're a jerky guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks dark. It's elk. 